All right. Good morning, everybody. It is good to have you here today. Again, if you are uh, new or joining us for the first time, we just want to extend a special welcome to you and pray that you feel loved and welcomed in this place. For some of you, it's your, your first time here and you're kind of wondering, what is going on with these people? Why do we stand and sing and kind of an interesting looking church building as maybe you approach it uh, this morning. We want to let you know we are a little weird. That's just how we are. Uh, and so if you're weird too, you'll, you'll fit right in. Uh, that's fine. But we also want you to know that there's a lot of love in the room today. Uh, and if you're from out of town or if you're visiting uh, on this Mother's Day, we are so glad that you're here and we pray that you feel loved and encouraged in this place today. God has something very powerful he wants to say to every single one of us. Hey, happy Mother's Day again, gentlemen. This is your Final reminder, it's Mother's Day, okay, just don't say I didn't tell you. I want to encourage you uh, also, uh, no matter if you are a parent today, if you are a grandparent, or if you don't have kids, uh, if you're single, if your kids are grown and they're no longer in the home, uh, don't, this isn't the day to check out and put your feet up and assume that this message uh, is not uh, for you. Uh, It really affects all of us. Days like Mother's Day, like Father's Day, they affect all of us, and today the truth is, we're all on the same page. We're all in the same boat. There's something that we all have in common. Every single one of us has a mom. Every single one of us has a mother, and that means that we're sons and daughters. We're brothers and sisters uh, in Christ, and so uh, it's just that the smaller ones, the smaller kids just got to go to KQ, and we get to stay here, Uh, although some of you maybe wanted to go with them uh, as well, but we'll try to not make it too boring here, but uh, I'm glad that you have chosen to begin your special day on Mother's Day here with us. When you think about it, what better way to start a special day like this than in, in God's house, the one that created moms, the one that creates life. But I also want to just say right up front uh, a word to those of you who maybe uh, wish that you were moms, uh, to those of you who have maybe um, lost a child uh, at some point. This day is probably not so full of joy. To those of you that have lost your mother, or maybe a mom who's lost a child, or those of you that are at the end of the rope with the kids that you already have, that you were delighted just went to KQ. (laughs) Maybe some of you, uh, those of you that have experienced uh, the heartache or the pain of trying to be a mom, and you're unable to do that. And I know that for a lot of us, whether you're in one of those circumstances or there's just a difficult relationship with your, your mom that's, that's still alive, uh, and, and that's a strained relationship, I just want to say today, even though it may be a tough day, we don't want to just sweep that under the rug. As the church, we are called to rejoice with those who rejoice and to celebrate, and so we can have joy and be happy uh, for those that have great relationships that, with their mom, and that's awesome. But as a church, we're also called to mourn with those who mourn and to be sensitive to that. And we don't just sweep it under the rug, but the truth is, and what I want you to hear just right up front here today, is that God knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what's on your heart and mind this morning. He knows your highs and lows and you're in the right place because God's presence is here today. You're in the right place. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're in the right place. You're you're in a good spot. You're in the right place. Just remind him of that this morning. And that first and foremost, beyond anything else, that we are all children, we're all his kids, and we're in need of healing and maybe forgiveness. And so maybe today, maybe today, on Mother's Day, would be a day to invite God to come and heal and invite him into some of those sensitive places 
of your heart or to offer that forgiveness towards your mother or towards your daughter. Regardless of what happened with, happens with our earthly, earthly parents, God says to all of us today, come and let me show you my love for you as a father, as a parent. So you've come to the right place. And I also think that it's important that on days like today that are joyful for some and difficult for others, that we also let the joy of the Lord be our strength and that we laugh a little bit. Laughing's good. Does anybody like to laugh? All right, seven, good, awesome. Seven of you like to laugh. For the rest of you, we're just going to force it out of you this morning. Laughing is good. It's good for the soul. And so there is a message that, that our special friend has just for moms today, but I think it applies to all of us. So I'd like to invite back our good friend, Kid President, with a special, a special word just for moms today. Let's take a look. Kid President, everybody, there he is, wishing you a happy Mother's Day. Yeah. I bet you didn't know that mom upside down is wow. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, now you do. But as silly as it is, as silly as it is, uh, the little guy has got a point. This world would not be the same without moms, without all women, actually. There's something uh, incredible about the gift uh, that moms are to this world, especially the unique way that they reflect the character and nature of God. In fact, as you start to look throughout Scripture, you see these images of mom popping up everywhere. David's praying in the Psalms in Psalm 131, and we got this up on the screen. Let's read what David uh, says here in Psalm 131 together. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a child with its mother. Like a child, I am content. David is saying, King David, guys, by the way, like the most manly man ever lived, right? Like Vin Diesel meets Chuck Norris or something like that. I don't know, right? <laughs> David's a man's man, okay? Even real men need moms, right? David's saying, when I am with God, when I am with God, it reminds me of being wrapped up in my mother's arms. In other words, if you want to know a big part of the image and character of God, if you want to get a glimpse of the love that God has for every single one of you, look no further than mom's. The truth is, our world needs to see God. Our world needs glimpses of God desperately. Whether they realize it or not, whether they believe it or not, people need to know about God's protection. And so God says in Hosea chapter 13, he says, I will protect them like a bear robbed of her cubs. If you've ever seen a mama bear that has been robbed of her cubs, don't mess, right? This is not a warm and fuzzy, cheesy love. This is a fierce, passionate love that moms have for their kids. You don't have to teach them that. It just exists. The world needs to know that God will protect them like that. The world needs to know God's comfort. And that's why God says in Isaiah chapter 66, he says, As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. What if whenever we see a mother living out her true identity, we get a glimpse of what God is like? I hear so many people say, well, we, can, we don't really know what God's like, right? Because he's not here. Like, I can't see. Here's God in the front row. Here's Jesus. He just walked in. We can't see him. Look at a mom today. Look at a mom today. And you will see a large part of the heart of God for you. 
I was thinking about this ever since becoming a parent. I find myself, uh, a couple years ago, I find myself having lots of conversations with other parents that I never thought that I would have before. And it's amazing the icebreaker that a kid is. Parents, do you know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes it's hard and we have awkward conversations and things like that. But whenever your kids are around, it's not awkward anymore because you can just talk about all the silly and goofy things that they do, right? I, I, all these conversations I never thought I'd have before, you know, you're, you have nothing in common and I'm talking to somebody in the street and I'm like, oh, you found dried snot on your your shirt at work too. That, yeah, that's me too. Absolutely. You know, that no joke. I had a meeting with the bishop, the bishop of the Southeast Iowa Synod of the ELCA, the, the church body that we belong to here at Hope, with, with um, Bishop Burke, with uh, Pastor Mike, our senior pastor, my, my boss at Hope, and a few other people from the Synod. So kind of a big deal, and everybody's in suits, and I, and I show up, you know, like this. this is about how dressy it gets for me, and we have this really important meeting about how we're going to reach out to the city of Des Moines, like a two-hour meeting, and I get done, and my, my friend that I work with at church comes over to me and goes, do you know you have dried snot on your collar? Like the entire time, I just had this huge wad of Caleb snot. And parents, you ever been there? I right? just made a complete fool out of yourself, right? But it's okay, because we're all in the same boat, right? And it, 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 I cannot help but notice, but if you listen to moms and dads in the highs and lows and the pains and the struggles, no matter what you've been through, no matter how difficult the day has been, if you listen very closely to parents, you can hear the heart of God. You ever listen to parents talk about how their kids are growing up or what they succeeded at or, or to watch them grow and learn and experience new things and, and, and watch them grow up and mature and, and, and the fact that the parents, that you would do anything to protect them and to provide for them, but also the pain and the longing in your heart's for your children to make good decisions, and even when they don't make good decisions, and the longing that you have as a parent for them to love you in return. That you don't want your kids to be robots and just say, I love you, Mom, I love you, Dad, like they're forced to. You want it to be real, you want it to be genuine. That's the God that we see in Scripture. That's the heart of God. If you want to understand his heart towards you, look at parents. In fact, it's very evident of what the world would be like without women. If there were no women, we discover this in the very beginning, and it was not so good. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. It's a, it conveniently located at the beginning of your Bible. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. So I'm just going to kind of summarize for you. Jesus, or God creates the world in seven days, and at the end of every single day, you understand, Jesus, it was the first day, it was the second day, it was the third day. It's very poetic. And God said it was very good. Everybody say very good. Very good. So he goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And then flip to Genesis chapter 2. That's after Genesis 1. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. So God creates man. He creates Adam. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord said, it is not good. After seven days of very good, we have a not good. It is not good for the man to be alone, so I will make a helper suitable for him. In other words, God said, that boy's going to need some help. Amen? <laughs> Ladies, amen? They're going to need some help. Thank God for women. And so not many people, a lot of people, unfortunately, in the church will get hung up on the word helper here. And unfortunately, this passage has been used and abused and twisted 
to, to, to bring down uh, the role of women in our society and their importance. And, and we just say, what, women say, what, am I just like a little helper? I'm just a little helper to the man? Is that, is that all God thinks that I am? And if you dig a little bit deeper, though, you'll see something much different. The word in Hebrew here for helper is azer. Everybody say azer. This word is used throughout Scripture, and all the other times that this word is used, it is used to describe God. The Lord is my help, my refuge in times of trouble. The Lord is my help and my salvation. The only times this word is used in scripture is to describe women and God. So ladies, you're in pretty good company. That's how highly God thinks of you. And this azer is not what helper we think. Like, oh, I'm going to kind of come along and help you. No, when God creates women, this azer, I will make a helper suitable for him. It means great sustainer, provider, rescuer, and life giver. What a high and noble calling. This is way beyond. This is soul-level stuff. This is way beyond husbands just needing wives. This is about how God has designed every single woman, every single one of you that's here today, to be a vital, irreplaceable force for the kingdom of God in this world. Amen? That's who you are. And what does that mean? It means that every single woman in this room today and every single woman sitting in any church in the world today should be celebrated, should be lifted up, should be praised, and should be encouraged to step into who God uniquely created her to be. I love how Christian author Stacey Eldridge puts this. She, she has a way with words, and I just want to read this to you. She's talking about mothering, but it's not what you think. She says the word mother is more powerful when used as a verb than as a noun. So often we interpret it as a noun. noun. She says all women are mothers. All women are not mothers, but all women are called to mother. To mother is to nurture, to train, to educate, and to rear. All daughters of Eve, all women are uniquely gifted to help others in their lives become more of who they truly are to encourage, to nurture, and to mother them towards their true selves. And in doing this, women partner with Christ in the vital mission of bringing forth life. All women are called to mother, and all women are called to give life. Women give birth to all sorts of things, to books, to churches, to movements. Women give birth to ideas, to creative expressions, to ministries. Women bring life to others by inviting them into deeper realms of healing, to deeper walks with God, to deeper intimacy with Jesus. A woman is not less of a woman because she is not a wife or has not physically born a child. The heart and life of a woman is much more vast than that. All women are made in the image of God in that they bring forth life into this world. Amen? That's what I want you to hear today. What an incredible calling to bring life to the world around you. No matter what age or season of life that you are in, to be an azer, to be a great sustainer, 
to bring life. And so it shouldn't surprise us that that's also the character and nature of God. One who raises things to life. One who brings life into dead places. And such is the case with our scripture today. So go from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament now and go to our reading for today from Mark chapter 5. If you're new to the Bible, it's going to kind of be in the back third of your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Mark chapter 5. We've been reading through the Gospel of Mark in our sermon series called Revolution, and we arrive on the scene, and here's Jesus. He's doing lots of ministry. He's doing lots of miracles, and we pick up the story in verse 35. Let's start in verse 35. Mark chapter 5, 35. If you're there, say, I'm there. there. All right, 35. When Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? So let's back up a second. What is happening here? A little girl has just tragically died. This is a terrible, terrible scene. And it happens to be the daughter of one of the synagogue leaders, of one of the big leaders of the church in that day. And so as any father would, if your daughter is sick, if your daughter is dying, you are going to be desperate, right? Parents, you know this feeling, right? If your kid gets a cold, you're freaking out sometimes, right? Your daughter is dying, and so Jairus is beyond himself. And put yourself in his shoes. If you've heard of a man named Jesus that could possibly heal you're going to at least try. Now, he's never bringing it, brought anybody back to dead before. He's done the whole blind man thing and cured people of leprosy and different things like that, but he's never brought anybody back to life. But let's at least try. Let's just see. Let's just take a chance on Jesus. So it's important to understand, back in verse 22, Jairus has already come to Jesus. He's pleaded with him, and you can almost hear the desperation in his voice. My little daughter is dying. Please come and place your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus arrives on the scene. And this is how Jesus responds. Or this is how the people respond, overhearing what they said. All the people are saying, Oh, Jesus, you don't have time for this. Jairus, stop bothering Jesus. He's got more important things to do. And I can imagine there's weeping and wailing and people crying and Kleenexes everywhere. And it's just a terrible, tragic scene. And Jesus steps right into the middle of that moment, right into the middle of the chaos, and says, don't be afraid, just believe. Now, whatever you're going through this morning, whatever storm there is in your life, remember when Jesus calms the storm? Well, he can calm the storm in you too. Don't be afraid, just believe. You can... You ever have those people in your life that when they step into your presence, it's like everything's going to be okay? Kind of like moms. Jesus has that peace just exuding from him. There's two kinds of people in this world, the kind of people that you hang out with and you just feel the life being sucked out of you as you hang out with them. They're constantly stressed. Everything's always terrible. I'm always worried. And then the other person is just somebody that automatically brings peace. And no matter what you're going through, after being with them, you just feel so much better. Jesus was that kind of person. Do you know that the way that you and I handle stress 
speaks to the kind of God that we have. Some of us say, well, I'm a Christian, but the way that we live our lives, we live as functional atheists because we act as if there's no one to help. Learn a lesson from Jairus. Come and plead with Jesus today and let Jesus step into your life, step into your situation and say, just believe. Don't worry. Don't stress. Just believe. Things are going to be okay. Verse 41, Jesus took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up, I love scripture, and began to walk around. Like, what is she doing? Just walking in circles? Like, what's going on, right? And then I love how Jesus says, eh, give her something to eat. She's 12. Give her a cookie. I don't want you to miss this. Put yourself in the scene. This little girl was dead. She was laying on her bed with all of her family and friends gathered around, and people were weeping. Jesus walks in, grabs her hand, and says, little girl, get up. And she stands up on her bed. Don't miss that. Jesus just brought her back to life. And I love how it says the crowd was astonished. When was the last time that you were astonished at God? When's the last time that God did something in your life and you were like, whoa, that totally came out of nowhere? I mean, are you open to that this morning? Some of you are like, oh, it's Mother's Day. We're going to come. We're going to do the church thing. We'll listen to a somewhat boring sermon. We'll go we'll eat our ham and get on with our life. When is the last time God just collided with your story and showed up in your life and just blew your mind? Here's the thing. The more you hang out with Jesus, the more unpredictable things get. The more you hang out with Jesus, he's going to bring you to the front lines of ministry and the front lines of life. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be messy and it's going to be difficult. And every once in a while, God's just going to blow your mind with how amazing he is. Or is your version of Christianity just kind of mundane, predictable, go through the motions, come to church, go to my small group, do my thing. But I can't really remember the last time I was astonished at something that God did. They were astonished. The more you hang with Jesus, the more unpredictable things get. And if Jesus can raise a dead girl to life, where in your life have you said, just like the crowd that day, oh, this is just the way things are. She's dead. This is the way things are always going to be. This is, the way thing, this, is, this is the way my relationship is always going to be with my mom. I'm always going to have a strained relationship with my dad. My kids will never listen to me. I'll never have peace and satisfaction in my job. I'll never have the friends that I want. My small group will never be deep enough. Things will never be the way I want them to be. Jesus just grabbed a little girl's hand and picked her up and raised her from the dead. And you think that he can't change something in your life? They were astonished. And because today is Mother's Day, I want to say specifically to the ladies this morning, <laughs> this, this scripture has really nothing to do with Mother's Day, and yet it has everything to do with Mother's Day. Did you hear what Jesus said? Little girl, wake up. Yes, from her it was from physical death, from physical sleep. But I think he says the same thing to every single woman that's here today. Little girl, rise up. 
little girl wake up. Not in a condescending way. You're adults. I get that. But I also believe that in every single, inside every single woman is a little girl. Just like in every single man, there's a little boy. I see him every day because he lives in me. Every single one of us is just a little girl or a little boy that's in a lifelong process of trying to figure out how to be a man or woman of God, and it's called adulthood. But if we're honest with ourselves, we're all a 12-year-old girl. We're all a 12-year-old boy. Every single one of us. And Jesus says to you as his daughters this morning, specifically to the women, I want you to hear this. Little girl, wake up. There is a little girl inside every single one of you that maybe needs to wake up today, that needs to rise up. I believe that Jesus wants to bring some dead or some dormant things back to life in your life. Maybe, specifically ladies, for you this morning, maybe it's a faith that's just sort of plateaued, just kind of steady, but nothing too exciting. Maybe it's your marriage that's become more about survival than anything. Maybe it's this vision, ladies, that you had for your life once upon a time. Maybe you had as a little girl and you've written it off as childish. When actually God put that dream or that vision on your heart for a very specific reason. And because it got lost in your childhood or because it got lost in adulthood and, 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 and the desire to be productive and to be all grown up or whether it was something another woman or maybe your own mom said to you growing up, there's wounds that you have not recovered from and you're living out of those truths and those realities and those expectations that maybe your own mother or your own father or somebody else had for you. I don't know what you have been told, but it's buried under years of productivity and the message, your job is to simply be a nice Christian woman. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. But I believe that the church is way more effective for the kingdom when godly women of all ages wake up and stop settling for anybody else's expectations for you or vision for your life except the God who created you and today he's inviting you to be dangerous for his kingdom. And ladies, maybe you've never heard that message before but we need you. You have an irreplaceable, vital role in bringing forth God's kingdom here on earth through his church. You are not only wanted, you are needed in the church. Amen? Guys, amen? You are needed. You are absolutely needed. So guys, here today, you're not off the hook. Here's your challenge. Are you willing to come alongside those women in your life, whether friends or family or spouses or for all of us fellow church members, and do whatever it takes to lift them up, to encourage them, to follow the call that God has placed on their life rather than what your expectations are of them? I remember when Tiffany and I were first married, we met meeting with a pastor that was kind of a, a mentor to both of us, and he asked me this question, and I was just talking him off to the side, and I was wrestling with, how do I love Tiffany? Because when you've been married for a while, you have to find new ways to love. 
Guys, maybe you've discovered that. You don't feel in love every single day, and that's one of the lies that our culture throws out there. If I don't feel in love, then I must not be in love. Love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment. Love is a covenant. And so this pastor, this mentor of mine said, John, I want to challenge you with something, to wake up every single day and ask yourself, how can you make your wife flourish? Your job as her husband in this covenant of marriage you have, how can you make your wife flourish? How can you make her come alive? Not just survive, but dig down deep, mine into the treasure of her feminine heart and say, how can I make you flourish to who God has created you to be? That's your role, husbands. That's your role, fathers, is to help your daughters flourish, to bring forth life. That's who they were created to be, to be dangerous. Fathers, have you, have you challenged your daughters to be dangerous? Husbands, have you challenged your spouses to be dangerous for the kingdom? Or are you okay that they're a nice Christian woman? When God says, oh, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. How can I help the woman in my life flourish? Not just survive, but experience abundant life. We already discovered that women bear the image of God in their courage, in their passion, in their kindness, in their strength, in their wisdom, and in their love. And so we have to ask ourselves, why would we not want those characteristics in the church? <laughs> and the reason that I ask is depending on your church background, and that's okay, we have a variety of church backgrounds here at Hope. Some of you came from church backgrounds where the role of the woman in the church is minimal or non-existent. Or nothing at all. And we did a full message on this actually last May, and so I just wanted to lift up a few things from that just as a reminder that what we believe at Hope is that as you continue to dig into Scripture, you start to see over and over powerful women emerge, not just as helpers in the way that you think as helpers, but as azer, as leaders. Not leaders as in power trips, and that's the same thing for men. We don't lead, we lead to be humble servants. But from in the Bible, from Sarah to Rachel to Miriam to Rahab to Deborah the judge, she was in charge of an entire nation. It's a little bit more than a little helper. Then you've got Esther. An entire book was written about her. Continues in the New Testament. You've got Phoebe, recognized as a deacon in the church. You've got Priscilla, was one of the key church planters with Paul. And the list goes on and on and on. And the list keeps going on through the years and through the centuries, through the church, right here into Hope Des Moines. Women that throughout the centuries, throughout God's story, have heard Jesus say, little girl, wake up. Little girl, rise up. I thought it was fitting today that my lovely wife was up here leading worship. I thought she did an incredible job. Praise God for her. Amen? Yep. Um, I would be nothing without her. And so one of you passed this along on Facebook to me this week. Go ahead and throw up that next uh, slide um, about my wife. Um, pastor's wife, only because full-time multitasking ninja is not an actual church title. That's actually what's on her name tag. That's her, her name tag. And I was thinking about that for Tiffany, which is absolutely true. Just nailed it. So thank you for sending that. I would say that describes every woman that I've ever known that's had an impact on my life. Absolutely unbelievable. I think it's, it's very fitting. And not just her, but Tiffany's leading worship 
there's ladies up here leading us in worship. There's ladies back there in the production booth. There's ladies that are leading our breakfast club ministry. There's ladies that were leading the Bible study this morning. There's a ladies that are leading behind the scene this morning, making sure that everything's happened. There are women that are uh, leading small groups during the week. There are women that are in charge of entire ministries here at Hope Des Moines, and I am so pumped and excited to announce that this fall, we are going to have a female pastoral intern leading alongside up here as well. So praise God for that. Amen? It goes on and on and on. It's not just about leadership in the church, but it extends into the home, into the workplace, because I am a firm believer that whether it is a uh, stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, that just might be the highest calling that anybody could ever have, and probably the most difficult at the same time. And if that evidence wasn't clear enough from everything that I just said, I love how the Apostle Paul puts it in Galatians chapter 3. He says this, For all of you who are baptized, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Therefore there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. All are one in Christ. And then let's read this together, how he ends it in verse 29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Paul says there's this new thing that God's starting, and it's called the church, and you belong to it. And your identity, although our identities are still uniquely male and female, our identity, all of us, is as a child of God. And I don't know if you missed it, but look at verse 29 again. Look at what we just read. What does God call every single one of us? Heirs. If you know anything about biblical times, the heir, that title was reserved for one person, and that was the firstborn son, the firstborn male. And now Jesus comes along and says, all of you now have the rights and privileges of the heir. Which means as heirs, you get the father's entire inheritance. You get everything. And our father just happens to be the king. Which means women specifically today, and guys as well, if you're ever struggling to know your value or your worth in this world or the potential that you have, may you remember today above everything else that you are a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that you are an heir to his kingdom, that everything that he has, all the protection, all the provision, all the love is yours. It's all yours, which means it's time, little girl, to wake up. It's time to rise up and to live into that. And yet I have a feeling that for many of the women that are here today and a lot of times for us guys too, it's really hard to fully grasp and to fully internalize the love that God has for you, just how much he delights in you. And I think this final video might make you think about it in a whole new way. It turns out there's a jewelry company that always knows how to make us cry that they put out this commercial, and I want to set it up. What they did is they brought in six or seven moms, different ages and different backgrounds, 
and they lined up these moms, and the kids were told that your mom is somewhere in this room, and they took the, uh, one child from each of those moms, and one by one, they blindfolded these kids, and they said, you need to go find your mom without talking. Only through touch. And is it ironic that one of the first senses, the first sense that babies, that kids develop is the sense of touch? That's why they need to be so close to their mother when they're first born. To get that touch, to know who my parent is, to know who my mom is. And so as you watch this final video, as you take a look, look at the love that exists between parent and child. Let's take a look. Nothing can quite describe the connection between a parent and their child. And when I watch, when I watch our son Caleb interact with his mom, it's like, I don't know what I would do without her. And I know that that story is not the story for every single one of you this morning. But because we have a father in heaven that has never let us down, that is the perfect parent, you never have to live Mother's Day again without a loving parent in your life. And as you're watching that, specifically moms, guys, it's okay to cry. Real men cry, okay? It's okay. Parents, I know for sure as you're watching that, you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> this, this love is just swelling up in you for the kids that you have, and yet it is so difficult for you to accept that love for yourself. After all, we are all little boys and little girls searching for love, and no matter if today is filled with joy or filled with pain for you, God says to us in John chapter 3, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And ladies in particular today, if you've never fully received that, if you've never fully experienced that, I want you to remember again the joy of those moms embracing their kids and realize that that is just a glimpse of the love that your heavenly father has today as he rejoices and sings over you. He is singing over you today on this Mother's Day, on this day where we celebrate all women. That you would be able to say, I am my beloved's and he is mine this love that your heavenly father has for you. And so today as you leave, don't forget our ministry to women team is going to be out the back here and they want to bless you with this. So please receive it, not just as a gift from the church, but receive this, the giving of a white carnation, the oldest Mother's Day tradition in our country. Receive it. 
not as just a gift from the church, but receive it as a gift of love and appreciation as the least that we can do to say thank you to every single one of you that is here today. You are loved, you are valued, and you have an irreplaceable role in the church and in the kingdom. I want you to hear that this morning. Amen? So what I want to do is I just want to invite us to stand, all of us. And ladies, I just want you to take a deep breath and relax and feel nobody crawling on you or needing you right now. And guys, what I'm going to ask you to do, every single guy in this place, as a symbol, as a way of reminding ourselves to pray for and lift up every single woman in our lives, guys, I just want you to extend a hand out as it is covering the women around you. So men in particular, just raise your hand and just hold them up. And ladies, just relax and rest and be still. And us guys are just going to pray a prayer of blessing over you this day. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of worship. And we thank you for the women that you have placed in our lives today, whether they are here, present today, or we hold their thoughts and their memories in our hearts. God, I pray that every single woman that is around us, standing around us under this blessing today, would feel your embrace, that they would feel your love, that they would know that there is a place for forgiveness, there is a place for peace, there is a place for reconciliation. And I pray that they would go from this place today with the knowledge that they are a daughter of the King, that they would feel loved and encouraged and lifted up in this place, in this church, every single day that they would have the courage to step into who God has created them to be, whether that's a wife or a mother or a friend or a leader or whatever it is, God, whatever calling that you have given them. God, I pray that the women that are in this place today would be invited by you to be dangerous and that we as a church would lift them up and support them in their calling for your kingdom. God, bless them. Give them an incredible day today with their families. Thank you for your church that we get to be together on a day like today and be family for one another. Regardless of whatever our earthly family situation be like, God, thank you that you've called us to be family. And thank you for the love that exists in this room today. Jesus, we love you. And we pray all of this in your name. And all God's people prayed together. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. Go get connected. Come on up for prayer, and we'll see you next week. God bless you.